Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! with you on a Thursday morning, just a couple of days away from game day. We appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to the podcast, wherever you get it from, at supertalk.fm or wherever you're getting your podcast these days. I don't know where you kids are. You kids, where you get your podcast? I don't know where they are. <laughs> People send something, oh, I got my podcast off of this. I've never heard of it. But we do know you're listening. We, we can tell you're, you're listening. listening, and we appreciate it. We appreciate it. that, and, for and, sure. And, and, and we say it all the time, but we genuinely do appreciate it, wherever you may be. Yes, that, that's a true story. Uh, as always, we want to thank our listeners, especially the servicemen and women out there. Today, well, granted, I guess as you listen, most of you, it it'll yesterday. be September 12th. Yeah. But today, more than any day, yeah. you know, thank you for all. I mean, I don't where were you when the world stopped turning that September day, Brian? I was going to work. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was riding with a guy, and he was like, I think I think we're under attack. And I was just like, what? Because I, I, when I get up in the morning, I don't turn on the TV or anything like that. I just, and this is long before Twitter or anything like that. So, I mean, I just got to get up, take a shower, got ready for work, just sitting there on the couch, go to work. And yeah. the guy's like, I think we've been attacked. And yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And then the, the 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 day went as it went. I was at break at Ackerman High School, uh, you know, that morning, and there was a guy in the school that was notorious for just being, you know, trying to gain, gain, get attention to himself a little bit. He goes like running through the the I don't know I about said courtyard or whatever the little open yard there between buildings at Ackerman High. Now it's they're actually building another building there, so it's not so open anymore. But Anyway, at the time he was running through, like, hey, we're at war, we're at war, like, kind of deal. At, in that moment, because none of us, at least in my little group, knew anything about it, we were like, what is he talking about, kind of thing. And uh, then we, I actually had history. That was my next next class. And I went in and, and watched history unfold on the TV. Um, yeah. and, it, and it became very real at that moment. To, Absolutely. To see that. And I don't know. It, it's so weird now that that was, gosh, 18 years ago. It's hard to believe, yeah. Over half of my life ago. When you think about it like that. So, yeah. Anyway. So, thank you guys out there who are protecting us from, from things like that ever happening again. And, of course, we want to thank our sponsor. It always feels so disingenuous, by the way. I immediately go to the sponsor, but whatever. Uh, we do appreciate all of them. Yeah, but that's no, no it. No doubt. We appreciate our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House, Churn and Spoon, Ice Cream, for taking care of us today. On a day like on that, maybe you need a little, a little sweet treat just to make yourself feel a little bit better. So, uh, good show today. A little later in the show, we're going to talk to Kellis Robinette. He covers the Kansas State for the Wichita Eagle. Talk to him today. Uh, but the main focus of our show today is going to be this. Uh, last year, a season ago, this game, I, I went into this game, and there were a lot of MSU fans, oh, Kansas State, Bill Snyder, they're a tough opponent. I went into that game completely 100% confident of victory. And I was convinced it was going to be a big victory. That I, I felt in my heart of hearts that State was going to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball and not give Kansas State a chance. And for one of the few times in my life, not only was I right, I was absolutely right. <laughs> Never mind just, oh, he was right. No, I nailed it. And I look at this team this year and the struggles they've had in the, stopping the run, you know, defensively. And I look at Kansas State and they're the nation's leading running game. Brand new coach, Chris Kleiman. Offensive running guru leading the nation and rushing through two games. Obviously, they haven't played great competition, but they—they're just they've destroyed them. Last year in Week One, Kansas State had to sweat a last-second field goal to get uh, a win over an FCS team. 
This year they've 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 outscored their opponents. I think what did we say it was? Uh, something like a bunch to a little. One hundred and one to ten. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, it's a different day up there at Kansas State. So my question to you, Joel, is this: B- both sides of the line of scrimmage. Let's start offensively for Mississippi State. Do the Bulldogs still have a not just an advantage, a big advantage up front? My gut instinct is yes. That is my gut instinct as well. I, I think that offensively, because of that advantage up front. State is going to have a bigger offensive day against Kansas State this go around. Uh, I just that offensive line is stout for Mississippi State. Like I, I have a lot of faith in that group. And and by the way, <clears throat> Nick Fitzgerald didn't have his greatest performance at K State last year. Um, I I don't have the numbers pulled up in front of me, but I, as I recall. He wasn't exactly fantastic from a, a passing perspective. Yes. No, under fifty percent. Exactly. And that I remember the shows we did after that were like that was that was disappointing. That was surprising how poor he was in the pass game. So I, I just feel like when you couple the fact that I think State's stronger up front this year than they were last year, combined with the fact that Tommy Stevens, who by the way, Joe Moore here today on the teleconference, still playing it like it's a day by day thing. I feel like if Tommy wasn't going to start, if he wasn't going to play, he wouldn't have talked to the media on Tuesday night. Fair. And he did, and he said he felt close to 100% was his answer to my question. So it's going to floor me if he doesn't play on Saturday. I know State's kind of, in Joe Moorhead's words a little bit, they're trying to play a little bit close to the vest. I get that. I understand that. I respect that. That's their prerogative. It's Joe Moorhead's job to try and win football games, and if he thinks he can get a little bit of an advantage by – not naming exactly who's going to be a starting quarterback, by all means, uh, he has that right. Yeah. But I think Tommy Stevens is going to start Saturday. And so I think you're going to get better QB play against K-State than you got a year ago. Uh, you're going to pass the ball better, which is going to open up even more space for Kylan Hill to run wild. And he ran for, what, 200-something yards a year 217. So And he could have gotten 300 without breaking a sweat. Now, I know we're about to flip sides and talk about the other side of the ball here in a minute. And that, there's questions there, but whatever questions are there, I think are more than going to get made up for because I think the O-line and, and the, the offensive skill players behind them are going to more than make up for the deficiencies on the other side. I agree. I think State's going to put up a lot of points in this game. Yep. I think that offensively they're going to be just fine because I do believe, just like you said, that I think State's offensive line is still going to have a big advantage schematically from a talent perspective. Uh, MSU's offensive line is one of the biggest in the country. They average are like 325, 330 pounds per man. And that K-State defensive line, they're just not – they're a Big 12 defensive line. They're built to handle these Big 12 spread offenses that you know rely so much on quickness and movement. And an SEC team running downhill at them is not something they're built to stop. Well, that's another thing. Big 12 defenses don't exactly have s- – Sterling reputation. Big, Big 12 defense has sort of a, been an oxymoron the past couple of years, <laughs> you could say. Uh, but, yeah, so when I think, you know, I think Kylan Hill, and they know it up there. If you listen to their coaches this week, if you've kept up with any of their, their conversations, and I, I mentioned that to Kellis Robinette when we talked to him in just a few minutes, that they, they're dialed into Kylan Hill, and that's a big problem for me because if you're, you're focused on Kylan Hill – but if there's something's changed at Mississippi State this year, there's somebody who can beat you over the top with these play action passes. Yeah, and I think that, that that's an advantage for Mississippi State, not just in this game, but going forward. Because Mississippi State, for so long, under Mullen, and then last year under Moorhead, the QB run has been 
the what the 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 central part of Mississippi State's offense for mm-hmm. a decade now, save yeah. for maybe Dak's senior year. Yeah. Um, and and I think a lot of teams might kind of at least at least early in the season still kind of be looking for that a little more. And I just this state offense under Tommy Stevens, he's twenty nine of forty this year. That's seventy two point five percent completion percentage. If you want to draw that math up, this state offense isn't the state offense of the last decade. And I, if they're gearing up to stop Kylan Hill, maybe they do limit him to from what he was a year ago. But I think if that's the case, that Tommy Stevens is going to be able to throw all over him. Yeah, and if if state has that kind of balance on offense. It's a possibility. State, Colin Hill could be close to 200 yards rushing again, but then you add in it could be over 250 yards passing, and then you're getting whatever you get from the other running backs and from Stevens in the running game. And you remember, Fitz, what are you doing? I didn't know I was doing Are anything. you flexing your pecs at me? I was moving doing? my thumb. <laughs> your pecs were going. I was going as I did my thumb. I, I was not intentionally I'm getting doing a fr- that. I'm getting a show. What's happening here? I had no idea what you were even talking about. I was about. like, is he is he flexing at me? What's no, I can. Let's see. You, you want to pee? Yeah, oh, we'll, my God. We go. We'll do it well, now. I need to get that on video. Well, now, now that we're doing it, I mean, we'll just – we'll Lex Luger it over here. <laughs> Lex Luger is exactly what I thought about. <laughs> I had no idea what you were looking at. I was <laughs> – Joe's over here trying to impress me, guys. I was sitting here like literally, no, no doubt, no lie. I was twiddling my thumbs, and Brian that's, goes into the. I had no clue what you were talking about. That's going out on. I'm doing a video of that, and we're gonna tweet that out okay. later. That's good. Fine. I had no clue I was what like, you were what saying. What is he doing? Uh, you were saying. I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> we were talking about balance on offense. I'm going to have to like put my hands over yeah, here, keep, I guess. Keep your hands on the desk or something. I don't know. I will never twiddle my thumbs again. Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> Mississippi State versus Kansas State. Th- be... This podcast has gone completely off the rails. You know what? Point. Sometimes that just happens. That that was. There are people there. driving in their cars to work right now saying, what just happened? Yeah. I, I, you'll, you're going to see. I'm going to tweet it out. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. I'll tag Joel. He can he can retweet it. He's going to show off the physique. Yeah, like, what is what is happening? Uh, that that's this. You know, normally I don't ever want to be on camera, but that's one time I wish we had been. <laughs> I wish we had a, a a live feed or something. Um, so they, looking at MSU in the passing game against against Kansas State. You know, Osiris Mitchell, Stephen Gidry. That's this is another thing to consider. Is most of these Big Twelve defensive backs. Are built to to handle the Big Twelve receivers, which are a little smaller, shifty. Got these big receivers could end up being having a big day. There were opportunities last year for MSU in the passing game, but Fitzgerald couldn't convert on them. But are we are we willing? You know, I don't want to throw Nick under the bus, but are we willing to go forward and say now that I guess I want to see a couple more games before I, want, I say yeah, this offense was really hindered by Fitzgerald's passing ability. But I think the receiver. I think you could have a big day for some of these bigger receivers like like Gidry and Mitchell in this game. Yeah, I don't really even think you have to go too much farther to say that the, the offense was was hampered a little bit by Nick. I don't think you have to get much further because I mean, just look at. To me, it's not so much what Stevens is doing, but how he's doing it and where the the passes are being completed to. Um, I mean, Nick had his skill set, and it was a it was a very productive one in his career. 
But he struggled throwing the football. He just did. And there's there's no getting around that. So, so yeah, I think you can already confidently say that his inability to throw the football was a major detriment to the to the Joe Moorhead offense. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Tommy has – and I know it's just been a game in two quarters, basically. But I – what I've seen has been so impressive that I don't. I don't think that's a fluke. Um, I, I know that it'll it'll get tougher um, uh, against tougher defenses, and and I I don't think he's going to finish the year with a seventy two point five percent completion percentage. Right. That's not going to happen. But yeah, you're right. I I think you can go ahead and declare today that that Nick Fitzgerald was a little bit of a speed bump at times when it yeah, came to throwing think, the football. Yeah. And, yeah, and so it's 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 interesting to see how you know because people have been like, well, Stevens isn't quite this good a runner, but it hasn't made a difference. You know, it, it's obvious in this offense, in, in Mullins' offense, you, you had to be a runner. You had to be. You could work around the limitations as a passer, but you had to be a runner. In this offense, it looks like you could be a little. I, I won't. I won't be completely surprised if State could probably sign a guy who is a drop back pro style kind of passer in this offense who just hasn't. I'll say it like this. I think Tyler Russell could have been successful in this offense. That feels like a, a statement I can make. I feel like that's safe yeah. to say. Because he had enough mobility. Yeah. I mean, he he, he could have to, you know, to, run every now and so then. That every, yeah, if you yeah. gave him five or six carries, he could make positive things happen. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's one way that's to look at it. That's an interesting thought. I hadn't really thought about that. But, yeah, I, I think Russell could have, could have been successful here. Because so much of the Joe offense – you know, I, I, we may be a broken record because it was all we talked about in the offseason, and Joe said it too, is just being accurate throwing the football. Tyler Russell was accurate throwing the football a lot of times. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think he could have been successful. All right. Look, before we get into our thoughts on MSU's defense versus the Kansas State offense, let's listen to this interview. I talked to Kellis Robinette. He covers the Wildcats for the Wichita Eagle, and I'll get his, got his thoughts on Saturday's game. Let's preview Kansas State with Kellis Robinette of the Wichita Eagle. He's been covering the Wildcats for quite a while. This game, to me, a season ago was a very simple one in that Mississippi State controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and that's why they won and won pretty easily. Through two games, what have you seen from the Wildcats to make you think that that's turned around? Well, from Kansas State's perspective, they play with a lot more passion and energy up front than they did last season. I Kind of near the end of the Bill Snyder era, you kind of got the vibe that Kansas State's offensive line was um, good in name only or reputation only. They were everybody still kind of thought they had this great reputation for pushing people off the line. But other than Dalton Reisner, you didn't see it a whole lot last season. But but this year with a, a new mentality and a new coaching staff, they figured out a lot of ways to open up holes, and uh, they lead the country in rushing after after two weeks. I know it's against opponents like Nichols and Bowling Green, so take that with a grain of salt, obviously. But they've been doing what they want to do. Um, they, they've got a lot of the guys back. They actually start five seniors up front, so you always got to love that. Um, basically, they've just kind of followed the new mentality that Chris Kleiman has brought here and good things have happened so far. You look at that offense, and you mentioned that they're the leading rushing offense in the country, but also passing-wise, Skylar Thompson is, is averaging 70, or he's completing 74% of his passes. I think we all thought that they would be better on offense, but are you surprised at how effective they've been? Uh, yes. Um, there's really been nothing to complain about through two games. I mean, they're uh, 
they're running it effectively. They're throwing it effectively. They're picking up uh, first downs like crazy. Um, their third down conversion rate has got to be near the tops in the country. Um, there's really, like I said, nothing to complain about. Uh, in game one, they had some drops from receivers. Otherwise, Skyler's completion percentage would be even higher. So really, I mean, the only thing I – I want to see is how do they look against the team that has a, a little bit better defense because Nichols and Bowling Green couldn't put up any kind of a fight against them. I don't envision things would go so easily against Mississippi State, and um, I, I'm anxious or fascinated, whatever word you want to call it, to see how this team responds when they actually run into some adversity because they haven't seen any of that uh, under the new coaching staff yet. Let's, let's flip over to the other side of the ball. And, again, you know, last year Mississippi State was really able to control the line of scrimmage. What, what does Kansas State look like defensively so far this season? Uh, that one's a little harder to say just because the offense has been so dominant. The defense hasn't really been on the field. They've been out there for 85 total snaps in two games. Wow. And Yeah, yeah, 41 in game one and 44 in game two. And the games have been so lopsided, they've actually been rotated in, um, you know, guys who, who aren't expected to start. So I believe, like, Wyatt Hubert, their best defensive end, we've only seen him play something like 20 snaps all year. It's kind of crazy. Um, but you can't argue with the results. Uh, they put teams in bad situations and taken advantage of it. They had two turnovers in game one. Um, and they've, you know, they, they pitched a shutout in game two. Uh, the only thing that's a little bit surprising there is that um, they they have a lot of talent and experience on the defensive line, but they haven't produced a sack yet. And, you know, it's, it's hard to see that changing with a step-up in competition against Mississippi State. But they've got a lot of, like I said, a lot of talent and experience there, so I think they'll be ready for the challenge. I've seen a little bit of the coverage from up there in Manhattan, you guys talking to coaches and players. Is it fair to say the defense has a focus on Kylan Hill? I think so. Uh, I mean, everybody remembers what happened last year when he ran for 200-plus yards and two touchdowns here. Uh, he wasn't a one-man wrecking crew. He had uh, a lot of help, but he was very difficult to stop. Um, and I think what kind of blew everybody away was that Mississippi State gained all those yards without doing anything real fancy on offense. Um, most teams in the Big 12, you know, that's kind of the impressive thing. In this conference, is they come up with creative plays and gain yards in ways that make you sit back and say, wow, you know, how do you stop that? Whereas Mississippi State came out and just basically ran the ball down their throat. So they don't want it to have that happen again, but, uh, you know, it, it'll be a tough challenge because Kylan Hills obviously had two really good games this season. And Chris Clemens said it yesterday. He, stopping him is going to be the focal point of their defense. I, I think um, he's uh, definitely – he'll have a target on his back. It's just a question of whether Kansas State can actually do anything to stop him. Looking ahead to this game on Saturday, are, are we in for a shootout? And, and if so, who do you think has the advantage there? Uh, I don't know if I can say shootout just because I saw the statistic that Mississippi State, I think, leads the country in teams that uh, haven't allowed anybody to score over 30 points against them. It's like 16 straight games. Um, 28's been about as high as anybody can go over them in the last year and a half. So I don't know if this offense, uh, as good as it has looked in two games, is ready to go on the road and top 30 points. I could see him scoring 24, 28. Um, but I think Mississippi State will find enough ways to stop them and make them actually punt the ball. That it'll probably be a game in the 20s more than 30s. But if if the game 
is a shootout. I would say Kansas State is probably a little bit more equipped just because um, Chris Kleiman in games like that, if you can, if he can find a way to get a lead, he proved it at North Dakota State, even a slim one, once he gets in the fourth quarter, uh, the, way, the way he runs the ball and controls clock, it's very, very hard for the other team to wrestle the lead back and, and go ahead. There was an interesting stat that one of the SIDs here at MSU gave us yesterday that Kleiman hasn't gone into the locker room after a loss in 23 games. That's a that's a pretty impressive stat, and uh, be interesting to see how how they handle the uh, the heat and the uh, the crowd, and of course Mississippi State this time around. Kels Robinette from the Wichita Eagle, man. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Hey, yeah, anytime, man. All right, thanks to Kellis for his time. We appreciate that. Look forward to meeting him this weekend here in Starkville. Uh, his thoughts are, are obvious. You know, he thinks that State has the advantage here offensively. Uh, he thinks that MSU is going to be able to move the football in this Wildcat defense, uh, but offensively for Kansas State last year at the end of the day this was the Simmons and Sweat show they dominated this game as along with the rest of the guys on that MSU defensive line Kansas State literally couldn't do anything you remember Kansas State only scored one touchdown in the whole game and that was off of an MSU interception they had a short field sort of similar to the LSU game except the opposite State was able to move the football because they ran the football constantly in that game just makes you wonder uh so for me, I think that K-State's going to have more success this year just based off what I've seen with two, even if you want to say Louisiana and USM, they're, they're, they're inferior talent-wise than Mississippi State. That's a very fair assessment to me. But Kansas State is better than those two teams. Yeah. And if they, they are going to be able to run the football, they're going to be able to control the clock unless MSU is able to, you know. I think this game might come down to this. Every time K-State goes back to pass, that has to be an incomplete an interception, a pressure, something. If you let them get get balance of any kind, and balance for them might be three to one running to pass. You know, balance doesn't have to mean fifty fifty. It has to mean I can pass when I want. Yeah. If you allow, it means them you to have go, to respect it, right? If you have to respect them passing, it could be a long day for Mississippi State. Yeah, and and look, I expect Kansas State to have a little success against state against state's defense. I mean this this isn't. Uh, as you all have seen to this point, this isn't a year ago. And I, I I know that Joe said the other day he doesn't like using this term, but it is a little bit of a bend-but-don't-break style of defense to this point where it's going to give up some yardage. Um, they're not going to get consistent pressure on you, but they're going to possibly create a turnover and they're going to probably keep you off the scoreboard. That's kind of so far been the – I guess the M.O. if you wanted to try and describe State's defense through the first couple of games. So I think K-State's going to get some yardage. I think K-State's going to get on the scoreboard, and it's not going to be some dominant defensive performance against them. I, I would be shocked if, if State's defensive line comes out against a K-State team that's been running wild a little bit and shuts them down. I, I don't think that's going to happen. So, yeah, K-State's going to score a little bit. I mean, I don't think that State's – streak of giving up less than 28 points in a game. I don't think that's in any danger. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's that to that well, level. Well, that would mean that, you know, for me, the word shootout would incur would would uh imply that it's going to be 30 plus points for both teams. You you're not buying into a shootout. I don't think so. Okay. And, and I may maybe I'm alone in that, but I, I just I think state's defense is good enough to keep that from happening. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it's good enough to to make this a defensive struggle by any means. Um, but but I do feel like that it is it's good enough and and so far this this group has shown such a 
knack for being able to create turnovers yeah. that you feel like even if, if there's yardage gotten down the field that, that probably at some point there's going to be a forced fumble or a pick or something. The only issue there is you know, turnovers are something you cannot game you, you plan. You can't. You really you can't. can't predict. You just never know because they depend on what the other team does too much. But it does sometimes but, seem like they're teams that have a tendency that's what I'm to say. create. Them. You think about Virginia Tech all those years. And even, you know, Joe Lee Dunn's teams, they 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 were able to force turnovers. A lot of times turnovers come because you're getting great pressure. They yeah. force early throws. Fumbles are fumbles are just sort of like a crapshoot. You know, you, you get a fumble, you know. There, there are a lot, how many balls have state fans seen through the years that should have bounced state's way and didn't or, or got away or whatever it is. Yeah. But interceptions are something, maybe you can't game plan for it, but you can game plan in a way that lends itself to getting interceptions by pressuring the quarterback. The problem in this game is I don't know how many times Kansas State's really going to look to throw the ball. I'm, one of the most intriguing things of this game is going to be the coin toss. So I want to see who gets the ball first. Because first of all, I feel like it's gonna have a little bit of a Madden feel to it. You want to score first and then play this play seven nothing the rest of the way. But you know what happens if K State gets the ball and they just twelve plays, seventy eight yards and a touchdown? Just demoralize them. You're just a gonna little be bit. looking around going, "This is gonna be a long day for Mississippi State." But by that same token, if State comes out and hands it to Kyle Hill in the first play and he busts for 25, 30 yards, they're gonna be on the other sideline saying, "Well, here we go again." So there's the, the first quarter of this game is going to be very very interesting to me. It, it's going to it's really the, the the tone will be set I think very early in this game, and we'll have an idea of which way it's going to go early in this game. You mentioned that at any point last year, and this may be a very obvious answer. You might be like, yeah, yeah, dummy, do you not remember? Um, when State won the coin toss last year, mm-hmm. did they did they frequently take the ball? I, I, I don't remember. I can't remember either. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. I mean, because they, I, they won the toss. Uh, Saturday and deferred, so yeah. Even after the referees, you know, figured that out. What took a cluster them, it took, that it was. took them a minute, but um, well, I mean, it's officials. What do you want? So far through two games, State's offense to me has been impressive enough that when you win the toss, you want the ball. Like I, I always, I feel like that you play to your strength on when you win the toss. Like last year to me, going back and maybe they did this, and like you said, I can't really remember how the coin tosses went last year, but with that defense, I don't mind starting the game with that that bunch on the field. Yeah. That's fine. Let them set the tone early. Um, this year, your offense looks like it's your strength so far. Let them get out there and get a 7 nothing lead. I am always get the ball guy. No matter what? Yeah. Talking about playing Madden. I'm flexible. I, I always receive. First of all, I always had an issue with Madden. See, I, I, I always kicked. I always had an issue with that. Because defer was not an option. Yeah. In real life, it's, if you say you want to kick, you're, you're kicking twice. No, you're kicked twice. Well, if you say, I, we want to kick, you have to, you're going to kick twice. Yeah. I've always that's always bothered me. You have to defer your choice. You have to it's, defer, but I, I just I just like to get the ball. I want to, I feel like you set the tone by going up seven nothing more than anything else. I was always a big fan of the possible two straight possessions. I get that, but I mean, worst case scenario, you know, you're probably still up seven if you did it right. Yeah. So just you know, just me. That's just my strategy. No. A lot of Madden talk this week. We had we had at the press conference. Yeah. That was fun, by the way. Joe Moorhead wanting to know which button was the hurdle and, and the I truck stick. I knew it. I was excited. So, all right. So, yeah, this game, the line of scrimmage is going to determine it yet again. State, I think, can control it on offense. It's the question is, can they control it on defense? If they can, they're going to have another easy victory. If they cannot, this is going to go a little bit, a little bit back and forth, and it could be a, a a game that you know goes into the. It could go close to the thirties. It could be a, a 28-24. I won't be completely surprised if that both teams get in the thirties, and this is a thirty-four-thirty-one kind of game. I won't be surprised by that. But we'll see. State comes out and 
kicks their tail? Are they a consensus top 20 team this week? I, th- I think, well, they're not top 20, but they'd be in the top 25. Because, I mean, they're already 23rd in coaches. 23rd, so. and they might jump a little bit. You know, it, it depends because you got to – Got to remember this week's slate of games it's, is it's so wretched. bad. That's right. It's going to be difficult for anybody to jump out of the top twenty-five. I don't. I'm, there's, there's no. I don't know if you know this or not. There's no ranked teams playing each other. Nowhere in the country? nowhere in the country. Wow. There are, are two ranked teams playing that. each other this week. So what's going to have to happen? There have to be upsets, like big upsets. So I don't know if it, I think state could sneak in at twenty-fifth because I mean they were what twenty-eighth last week. You're just talking about a few more people saying, "Okay, I'm in." Whereas in the, the coaches' poll, if they win this game like they won it last year. They could be a top 20 team easily. They could be 18th or 19th, I think. So we'll see. Tomorrow's show will be three Ps. We'll preview playmakers and predictions for Kansas State. Mississippi State should be a great game on Saturday. Uh, and you'll be hopefully here uh, watching. I don't know. One, one other thing before we go. I don't know if you noticed this or not. If you didn't see it on Twitter, we'll bring it to you now. But MSU has heard. the, the They have been they have been responsible. They have changed all of the uh, – they've changed the, the uniform requirements for the fans – uh, maroon and white this week. Maroon and white. There's Either no, one. Yeah, don't worry about the upper decks or anything like that. Just wear what you, just wear maroon or white. For the white. next two weeks. I would suggest wearing white. And same same with next week. The blackout is off for Kentucky. They moved it to Abilene Christian. Honestly, in all, that should it should always be that week. It should always be that the second to last game. Yeah. They, they, they're just just that's that's the one. But regardless of that, wear maroon or white this week. I would suggest wearing white. It's still going to be hot. If you haven't started hydrating, I would suggest doing that now, uh, and then we will uh, see you on Saturday. Hopefully, the concession stands are better. Uh, I would imagine. I would not, imagine that's that going you're going to have an AD that is going to be throwing crap. I, 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 we might be able to hear him <laughs> from where we sit. Guys, have a great Thursday, Joel, and I'll be back with you on Friday morning for Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.